Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال وأنت قاعد قريش ولاة هذا الأمر فبر الناس تبع لبرهم وفاجرهم تبع لفاجرهم قال سعد صدقت فنحن الوزراء وأنتم الأمراء. So Abu Bakr reminded Sa'd that you you heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say that the Quraysh they were in the position of leadership for this for for the Ummah and the best of them will follow the best of them and the worst of them will follow the worst of them. And Sa'ad said, indeed, you're right. فَنَحْنُ الْوُزَرَاءِ We are the ministers. وَأَنْتُمُ الْأُمَرَاءِ While you are the leaders. And at this point, Abu Bakr, being the humble man he is, did not present himself in front of the line. As a matter of fact, Abu Bakr took the hands of Umar and Abu Ubaidah and said, رَضِيتُ لَكُمْ أَحَدَ هَادَيْنِ رَجُلَيْنِ فَبَايِعُوا أَيُّهُمَا شِئْتُمْ so Omar narrates that Abu Bakr at this point took out the hand of Omar and Abu Ubaidah and said, give the Pledge of Allegiance. But Omar said, who's willing to lead in front of Abu Bakr? No one. So they gave the Pledge of Allegiance to Abu Bakr. And just to understand, brothers and sisters, this is when, as I mentioned, Rasulullah was not yet buried. Not yet buried. You know, some, some may consider this, you know, and in Islam we know, when a person passes away, we want them to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as soon as possible. And of course, this is something that's not supposed to be delayed. But the Sahaba Radhaanhum knew that the importance of the jama'ah, the importance of being in a single body, is a priority. It's a life and death matter. And that's why it is said that Sa'id ibn Zayd mentioned in a, in a narration, Yawma mata Rasulullah very clear. He said, Sa'id ibn, Z- uh, Sa- ibn Zayd, that the day Rasulullah passed away, karihu, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum hated a day to pass except that they were in a jama'ah. They were in a group, organized, having a single leadership. And like that, they gave Abu Bakr the uh, appointment of Khalifa to rule upon them. And of course, we know the famous speech when Abu Bakr who became the Khalifa. And this is we re- we read this just to realize how corrupt our situation is today with the rulers in the Muslim lands. Just to contrast the dark with the light, to contrast the the corruption with the pure. Wherein he said to the people, "I have been appointed upon you, and I'm not the best of you. If I do good, then help me. If I do bad, then correct me." And then he said, obey me as long as I obey Allah. Obey me as long as I obey Allah and his messenger. And if I disobey Allah and his messenger, then there's no obedience to me. And this is the example of, with this calamity of Rasulullah losing Rasulullah this is how the Sahaba prioritized their priorities. And this is understood as the Rasulullah said in a hadith that Bani Israel managed their politics was managed. And the word siyasa here 
means to manage the affairs. And Imam Al-Nawi, rahimahullah, says, وَالسِّيَاسَةُ الْقِيَامُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ بِمَا يُصْلِحُ That siyasa means to manage something what is most beneficial for it. And the word siyasi, siyasa we know in Urdu or in Arabic, of course, means politics. So Rasulullah Sallam describes that the prophets were managing the politics of the, of the Bani Israel. And after them would come the Khulafa, or khulafa and there will be many. And, and then he said to give the bay'ah al-awwal if al-awwal, one after the other, and give them their rights because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask them about what they were import, what they were required to manage. So this is the Islamic political system that we need a khilafa. It is mentioned here and it is the legacy of the Prophet Some may respond, that's good, that's good, I agree with you, but it's not realistic. It's, it's not realistic. I mean, look at the problems today, subhanAllah. Us Muslims in the West, uh, look at what's happening in the Muslim lands. It's not realistic. I, I agree. This is Abu Bakr. This is the Sahaba. This is what happened. This is the Khilafa. But, you know, this is their time. We have our time. That is the nation that's passed. For them is what they earned and for us is what we earned. So let's not, let's not put too much importance on this matter. But this is a misunderstanding because we need to realize that this khilafa is not just something good to have. Rather, it is something we are obliged to have. And it is something that is of utmost importance. And number one, there's four key reasons why that is. Number one, brothers and sisters, the khilafa is the only way to really exemplify the sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sovereignty. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a sovereign being. Why is that? Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah says to the Prophet, surely we have revealed upon you to the upon you the book with truth to rule the people with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown you. To tahkuma nas. To rule people with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. And do not be for the kha'inin, the, the treacherous, a arguer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in a much more clear, in a very clear way, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That nay, they will never truly have iman. You know, we protect our iman, we preserve our iman. Allah says they will never have true iman until they make you, Muhammad sallallahu as the as the judge between what disputes they have, and then they have no problems in their hearts with what you've judged, and they submit completely. So we understand that the sovereignty of Allah, sovereignty of Allah is the important matter for us as Muslims. When we say La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, we mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's the sovereign, he's the legislator, he's the one who defines good and bad, he's the one who tells us what's halal and haram, not any other human being, not any other, not anything else other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the creed we have as Muslims. So, Number one, the khilafah is the only way the sovereignty of Allah is truly manifested in reality. Without the khilafah, we live in systems where the sovereignty, sovereignty belongs to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the constitutions in the Muslim lands. They will say Islam is one of the sources of law. 
while the king, the royal family, or democracy, or the you know the 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 dictator, whoever else is in charge, he will be making laws as he wishes. As we know, even in the example of Abu Bakr, he said, "Obey me as long as I obey Allah and His Messenger." And look at some unfortunate Muslims who say we need to obey the rulers. You know, they're the rulers that we need to obey, even if they rule by kufr. They rule by man-made laws. They allow drinking alcohol. They, al- they allow zina. They allow riba. They allow laws, punishment systems. Other than Islam, you need to obey them. They're the rulers. Abu Bakr who said, obey me as long as I obey Allah and his messenger. So, you know, where is this understanding coming from? Allahu A'lam. So we need to get the understanding of the definition of the khilafah. And this is where the ulama, we refer them to, to them to give us a clear meaning. And some, some statements I have here from some ulama just to see how important this, this is. This is not just something uh, just come up that, that was invented yesterday. Rather, it said that uh, some ulama such as Taftazani al-Mawardi, they mentioned the khilafa is riyasatun amma fi amridini wa dunya khilafatun anin nabi sallallahu alayhi wa That the khilafa basically means the leadership, riyasatun amma the general leadership of the Muslims fi amrid dini wa dunya in the matter of deen and dunya they come together with the khilafa the khalifa it's not secularism render unto Caesar what's unto Caesar render unto church what is unto church the khalifa he's responsible for deen and dunya because he is succeeding the Prophet ﷺ in terms of his role and just to understand the importance of the khilafa from our various ulama from different backgrounds different madhahibs but you know, agreeing with the haq. Shaykh al-Islam ibn, ibn Taymiyyah rahmahullah says, يجب أن يعرف أن ولات أمر الناس من أعظم واجبات الدين بل لا قيام للدين إلا بها That it is obligation to know that the Islamic authority is from the greatest of obligations of deen. As a matter of fact, لا قيام للدين إلا بها That there is no establishment of deen except with that. Imam al-Nawi, rahmahullah, he said in, in Sahih Muslim, أَجْمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَجِبْ عَلَىٰ الْمُسْلِمِينَ نَصْبَ خَلِيفَةً It is made ijma'a, it is consensus, it is obligation on the Muslims to have a khalifa. And then, taking the example of the Sahaba and the, what they did after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, ulama, they used this as an example, the consensus of the companions. Wherein uh, 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 the, the Shaykh, the Mufassir, Tahir ibn Ashur, rahmahullah, he said, مما دعا الصحابة بعد وفاة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى الإصراع بالتجمع والتفاوض لإقامة خلف عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في رعاية الأمة الإسلامية فأجمع المهاجرون والأنصار يوم السقيفة على إقامة أبي بكر الصديق خليفة على عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم للمسلمين. That he said the evidence that the companions after the death of the Prophet rushed towards organizing themselves and appointing a ruler is a, a evidence of ijma'a, consensus of the companions that this is a wajib, this is an obligation on the Muslims of the muhajirun and ansar, they have ijma'a upon this matter. وَلَمْ يَخْتَلِفِ الْمُسْلِمُونَ بَعْدَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فِي وُجُوبِ فِي وُجُوبِ إِقَامَةِ خَلِيفَةً خَلِيفَةً Yes, and this is something that the generations never disagreed on except in today's time you'll have so on so person come and say what is this khilafah you're talking about i don't know what you're talking about well this is something that is unfortunate reality of today but the ulama they said this is such a key matter even to the point where they said 
that the Khalifa, you know, Sheikh uh, Imam al-Ramli, one of the Shafi'i scholars, he said the Khalifa's job is to implement the hukm of Allah, uh, protect the borders of the Muslims, to organize their armies, to take the sadaqah. You know, and, and this is so important because, subhanAllah, like, we look at our sadaqah today, where is it going? Uh, we give, there's no organization to manage that in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. And then he said that it is an evidence when how the Sahaba rushed towards that. And then he says something very important where he says, That every generation agreed that this is an obligation, that the Khilafah is an obligation. And just to finish, Ibn Khaldun, the great historian, he mentioned that you know, this is known that you need a Khalifa. That the, every generation, and these ulama are in like the 14th, 13th century. So every generation, they gave an importance to having a Khalifa. So this just establishes that from the Shari'i texts, from the statements of the ulama, that this is a very important matter that we have as Muslims. Number two, the Khilafah, the authority belongs to the Ummah. Even Rasulullah being the messenger of Allah, he did not automatically just take the authority from the Muslims. As a matter of fact, the Prophet had to go to the Muslims and take a pledge of allegiance, the bay'ah. As it's narrated in by Ubad ibn Samit, where he says, That we gave pledge of allegiance to Rasulullah to hear and obey. In times of ease and difficulties, when we're enthusiastic and when we're reluctant. This shows that even Rasulullah had to take the authority, and the authority belongs to the Ummah. That the Ummah appoints the Khalifa. The Ummah is responsible. Me and you, we all are here in Islam as the Ummah. It is our authority, our Sultan, to choose the Khalifa. The Khalifa plays an integral role to rule us as Muslims, but he is not give, given a divine authority. Even the Rasulullah had to take the Pledge of Allegiance from the Muslims. Number three, the Ummah must appoint one Khalifa. And just going back to the statement of one of the Sahabi where he said, we hated for a day to pass except that we're in a Jama'ah. You know, we look at uh, reality today. You know, the Muslim lands are divided by over 55 or 50 rulers. And we have these nation states with borders created by the colonialist powers with flags that represent uh, ruling by other, by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and shows our division in, 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 in practicality. And we see that in Islam, there's only the Khilafah system and there can only be one Khalifa. As the Prophet said in the hadith, that if two Khalifas are given bay'ah, Two Khalifas. Imagine there's two Khalifas. Both of them are implementing Islam. They're both establishing the Salah, building masajids, all these good things. But Rasulullah said, if two of them are given Pledge of Allegiance, then to execute or kill the latter of them. And this may sound harsh. Why is that? Because this is something which Islam made a life and death matter. That the division of the Muslims is unacceptable to have more than two rulers. There can only be one ruler. And Imam Nawi, rahmahullah, says, that he said in his, in his book, Sharh Sahih Muslim, that it is not allowed, this is an evidence that it is not allowed to contract two Khalifas and there is an ijma'ah upon this. And finally, the Khalifa, 
He's the one who adopts the opinions that the Muslims defer in. We see Ramadan coming up next month. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to let us reach Ramadan. Allahumma balighna Ramadan. Ameen. And we know about the moon sighting wars that happen every year. You know, is it global sighting? Is it local sighting? Astronomical sighting? Or is it global sighting from Canada? Or is it global sighting from which place? All these divisions. So then, you know, we have these different Eid and XYZ. And the reality is that there is no ultimate authority. You have councils here and there, but there's no ultimate authority to say this is the opinion you're differing upon. This is the opinion that we're going to follow. And this is what the job of the Khalifa is, to give the opinion on things that there's difference of opinion on. He has the right to make ijtihad on it. As it said in the Qa'id al-Fiqhiyyah, that the fiqh principle, Ra'yul imam, Ra'yul imam, yarfal khilaf. The opinion of the imam removes the difference of opinion. So the Khalifa, inshallah, he's the only one who's allowed to adopt an opinions where there's ijtihad allowed. He's not allowed to make things that are definite halal, haram, or definite halal, haram, or haram, halal. Like we see the rulers today who rule by open kufr system. They legislate by other than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in the Quran, in the clear texts. This is what the Khalifa will do, adopt opinions when it comes to the things he can, he can allow, he's allowed to do so. Brothers and sisters, the Khilafah is the legacy of the Prophet And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised though victory to those who believe and do righteous deeds. And the Prophet has said the Khilafah will return again, inshallah. As he said in the hadith, in Rarin Ahmed, that there is these stages, and the first stage is that of Nubuwa. And after Nubuwa, it will remain as Allah, as, as much as Allah wills, and then Allah will re- remove it. And after Nubuwa, there will be Khilafah on Alam and Haj Nubuwa. That there will be Khilafah upon the method of the Prophet. And after that, there will be Khilafah that is biting family inherited rules that, 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 would, that would occur. And after that, Thumma Takunu Mulkan Jabriyatan Fatakunu Ma'asha Allahu An Takun. And there will be tyrannical rulers after that. And that's what we are seeing today. The dhulm, the zalim rulers that rule the Muslim lands today. And it will remain as long as Allah wills. And then, And then after that will again be the khilafah upon the method of the Prophet. And then he was quiet. Brothers and sisters, we need to ask ourselves, what legacy do you want to carry? Do we want to leave this great legacy of khilafah? For other people to take as important and we're not taking it as important. Do we want to miss out on the opportunity of working to bring back the legacy into reality and working towards establishing it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there's three types of people when it comes to the legacy. As he says in Surah Al-Fatir, and then we inherited the book to the slaves that we had chosen. From them are those those who oppress themselves, those who are not concerned with the work of Islam. They're engaged in haram, they're not living in a way that's in line with, the, with Islamic, the, the deen of Islam. And of course, we want to stay away from being that category. And then there's muqtasid, those people in the middle. They do good things. They're good Muslims, mashallah. They do their obligations. They do as much as they can. 
but they're not really pushing themselves. But then there's a final category, سَابِقٌ بِالْخَيْرَاتِ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ Those who are in the front, and of course, uh, Abu Bakr is the example of being the sabiq, the one who's in front, rushing towards the good deeds. And they are described as مُسَارِعْ مُجْتَهِدْ فِي الْأَعْمَالِ الصَّالِحَةِ That they are the ones who are pushing themselves, really working hard to do the good deeds and do the good actions. And that is the great success. So let us ask ourselves, what category do you want to be when it comes to the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ and the work to return the Khilafah again into reality? Let us be from those who take the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ and work towards bringing this and becoming the Sabiqun Bil Khayrat so that inshallah we are those who are carriers of the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ in reality. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those people. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who carry the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ. Wa sallallahu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Barakallahu feekum wa salamu rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.